are joining us online for the first time. I've been the worship pastor here at uh, Mission Bible Church, and uh, we also serve together um, as marriage ministry leaders for uh, the re-engaged marriage ministry. And recently, Ruth received a medical diagnosis that I will let her tell you about, but before she does, we want you to know that we are followers of Jesus Christ, and we believe as well that our time together today in this moment is a divine appointment. Today, we want to encourage you as God has been encouraging us the past few weeks. And if there is one thing that we would like you to walk away with today, it is this truth. There is a God and you're not him. We will share different verses from the Bible, but we'll use Psalm 23 as a foundational truth for our talk today. The Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I received a call on October 7th that changed everything. There was an incidental finding from an MRI I had because of some symptoms that were unrelated to this finding. I have a one in a million malignant tumor called a chordoma at the base of my skull. It was shocking and difficult news that sent us immediately to specialists for the next couple of weeks. Calls and visits with family and friends took much of our time as we shared tears, treatment information, and prayer. I have to mention that the symptoms that led to this MRI have disappeared. We know that this was definitely not an incidental finding. I thank God for it. Northwestern has a Cordoma Center, and it has one of the best neurological surgeons in the country who specializes in treating this exact type of tumor. We leave for Chicago this afternoon, and my surgery is early Tuesday morning. This is a delicate surgery as the location of the tumor complicates total removal. We covet your prayers as the procedure will take several hours. After a few weeks of recovery at home, I will have a gamma knife procedure, which is cutting edge radiosurgery. We're praying for total healing or for a good prognosis as this cancer can affect quality of life and definitely length of life. It was Ruth's idea to share a little bit about <clears throat> this journey and um, we would love nothing more than to hug each and every one of you. Um, but Ruth just received a negative test result for COVID on Saturday, which is fantastic news because then she can have her surgery. So we're gonna have to keep our distance, but know that we're sending virtual hugs all over the room right now. We just won't be able to see you all after service. So in the context of our um, current teaching series, um, this opportunity to share caused us to ask what happens when we are, if you will, offended by God. But the better question is, what do we do when we experience disappointment and suffering in life? Does God hear us? Does he see us? Or is he even near? The short answer is yes. As difficult as the past few weeks have been, we can say we've experienced God's love and presence in our lives. God has met us in at least three ways. And he, in each of them, he's reminded us that there is a God and that I and you are not him. God has met us 
through his people, through his word, and through worship. God has met us through his people. The scriptures call us to encourage and build one another up, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens, and to love one another. Mission Bible, you have fulfilled all of these commands and so much more. My family is the best. My friends are the best. My coworkers really are the best. You can see I have a lot of really good people in my life. <laughs> Everyone's the best. Every text, every voicemail, every Facebook message, and every card have been read and reread. Flowers are still being enjoyed all over my home. Thoughtful gifts have been appreciated. And financial assistance has humbly been received and accepted. I have received your love, and I'm ever so thankful for it. Our college president used to say that praying to God is so important. But then he would turn around and say that sometimes we need God wrapped up in skin. We need each other. God uses people to teach us and to mold us and to reveal his goodness to us. As Ruth mentioned, our immediate family and our extended family and friends here and around the world have reached out. And they ex have expressed the love of God through action, kind words of encouragement, love, and prayers. Thank you. Thank you. And God has met us through his word. Every verse that has been shared with me in a text or a card has been written in this journal. I don't want one verse that was intentionally shared with me to go unread. And I believe that these verses will speak directly to me in times when I need the most, whether in the hospital or in weeks ahead. Here are two that have been most meaningful to me. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, Isaiah 43, 2 and 3. Most every night since the diagnosis, I've read Psalm 139 to Ruth and then laid my hands on her head and prayed for her. Psalm 139 has brought me comfort, confidence, and peace through many storms in my life. That peace and comfort still comes to us through this beautiful psalm. Over the years, as I've met with couples and individuals who've shared their struggles, I've often referred to this psalm. One of the most deep down, soul-satisfying ways that God brings his comfort to me, to us, is to remind us that nothing is outside of his sovereign reign and rule. God is the ultimate source of all power, authority, and everything that exists. His sovereignty brings peace and rest when we trust that he is here now. In the midst of COVID, election results, 
in our story and in your story. Let me read a portion of this psalm. If you're in deep waters, if you are troubled, take these words to heart and hear God's love for you. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. You see, my heavenly father saw Ruth before she was born. And he's writing a beautiful story of his glory and his love through her life. I may not like this chapter of the story. I don't. But it is not my story to tell. God is with my bride. He's always been with her, and he is with her now. And I am grateful, and I take comfort in this. There is a God, and you are not him. But God... God who spoke the universe into existence, God who counts the stars and calls them all by name, God who gives life and breath for as long as he wills, loves you, created you with purpose and immeasurable value, and is telling a story through every detail of your life. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. God is with you in your dark hours, in your joyful hours, in the midst of fear and anxiety, in the most wonderful seasons, in grief and loss. He is with you. And God has met us through worship. It's a good thing I married this guy, right? Because <laughs> I am a big fan of worship music. It's on when I drive, and it's on when I'm home alone, and it's on in the background at my desk at work. <clears throat> Spotify keeps me encouraged and helps my mind to be fixed on Jesus. The service will end today with a song called Promises. It's literally my anthem and has helped quench fear and doubt when they try and rise up. So for over 30 years, I've been leading worship, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God and others as they sing over me as well, which is what you guys do. For me, singing is connecting with God, and hearing God's people sing is just ministry for my soul. Songs that encourage my heart are songs that are like our mission statement. They're real, real theologically, real as they relate to my experience as a sinner in a fallen world, and real as they point my heart to heaven and the glorious hope that I have in Jesus. This morning we just sang, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will sing for joy 
when my heart is heavy and I choose to praise, to glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against. As Ruth said, in a few moments, we're going to sing a song that has brought a lot of comfort and assurance to Ruth. Here are some of the lyrics. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I've given God my sorrow, my anguish, my tears, my questions, and my disappointment as an act of worship. I tell him, and he speaks to me through his word, his people, and worship. I've been comforted to realize again and again that there is a God, that I am not him. So I praise him in the midst of this journey for his love over me and for his love over Ruth. Ruth is going to share some <coughs> lessons that she has been working through. As you listen, we hope that you find some takeaways to think about in your own disappointments and suffering as well. I've been writing um, as the Lord brings truths to mind, and I've been doing this <clears throat> for years. Um, more recently, they go into my phone in notes, and so I've been trying to get those notes out of my phone and um, using them day to day, and they have come in handy, let me tell you. <laughs> Some of the things I will share are truths that were influenced by Elizabeth Elliot's book, Our Suffering is Never for Nothing. I am fully trusting in God's provision for us and in his perfect plan for my life. We were never promised that life would be easy, but we can count on the promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. I have always viewed each day <clears throat> as a new opportunity to live for my Lord, regardless of my circumstances. And I still believe that today. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Because he is with me, I am strong and I can be brave. I can do hard things. I have my father going before me. Since God is sovereign and God is love, I can take the next step of faith in my story and recognize that he has chosen me for this very specific assignment. Assignment accepted knowing there is much that the Lord will accomplish through this. I have said in the past, whatever it takes, Lord, use me. Show us your glory. Show us your glory, Lord. Reveal yourself boldly so that there's no mistaking that it's you. Show us your loving kindness and have mercy on me. Many years ago, after a difficult season in our marriage, I wrote, the refiner's fire may be hot, but I now choose the heat of pain and growth. I'm sorry, I'm going to start over. The refiner's fire may be hot, but I now choose the heat and pain of growth over the warmth and comfort of complacency. I'm not aware of all that, of God's purposes in all that I'm facing now but I know his refining for me is good and it is for his glory. His presence 
helps me walk through fear without freaking out. Is that true? Am I not freaking out? out. I'm not freaking out. His presence assures me that all will be well, regardless of the outcome. His presence helps me remember what he has done in the past, and it encourages me to abide and remain faithful to him now. Let's be real. Um, Disappointment and suffering comes in all sizes. Suffering, defined by Elizabeth Elliot, is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. And this could be from a flooded basement to a malignant tumor and everything in between, or a daughter not being able to come home from North Dakota to be with us this week. I've been reflecting on the few things that I can control, because we can control a few things, right? (laughs) I can control how close I am to my Lord. I can control how far I am from my Lord. I can control what I'm feeding my heart and my mind. And I can control where my focus is. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I can't do anything about this, but I can do something with it. And that is allowing God to receive the glory. So how can we process the circumstances of our lives? How do we think about the disappointments and suffering that we experience? The Apostle Paul wrote about his life of suffering and persecution as a Christ follower. And he also shares why he suffered so much as a follower of Jesus. First, he talks about our Father God, who is the God of comfort. This is from 2 Corinthians. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And then Paul gets specific about his suffering. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Paul understood and accepted his suffering and disappointments as God ordained so that he would stop relying on himself. Are you using your experience of life as a pathway to God or are you trying to use God to improve your experience of life? God is interested in saving you, not just saving you from your circumstances. God is interested in changing you not just changing your circumstances. When God saves you and gives you a new heart, you will see your circumstances differently, not because they have changed, but because in Christ Jesus, God has changed you. 
My faith is not conditional on what God does or doesn't do for me. Honestly, my situation, I don't like it. I don't understand it. But he is either God or he's not. I am either held in the palm of his hand or I'm at the mercy of chance. I either trust him or I deny him. There's no middle ground. We either live in an ordered universe established by a creator or we're trying to create our own reality. There is a God and you are not him. Psalm 56, three, when I am afraid or, and we can insert any word here, anything you struggle with, disappointed, alone, insecure, when I am afraid or disappointed, I will put my trust in you. In the business of suffering, acceptance is the key to peace. It really brings a different vision. It brings a holy perspective. I've been reminded uh, recently, um, a few years ago, I don't know if you remember when we read the story and Pastor Errol talked about the upper story. And these are the invisible things of letting God be God and let him do his work. These are things we have no control over. That is the upper story. And then there's the lower story, and that's where we are, and that's where I'm living. These are the visible things. Some of those things we can control. Some of them we can't. I can do the next thing. And that is what is helping to relieve stress and relieve anxiety is I can do the next thing in this process, right? To be able to continue to move forward. And he promises his presence down here. That is my peace and that is my security. Where are you with God? Is your heart submitted to Jesus? When you submit to Jesus, when your heart is right with him and your relationship with him is real, you won't be completely free from disappointment and suffering, obviously, but God's word, God's people, and worship will remind you that he is with you in the midst of it all. You believe him or you don't. If you say you do, then live that way. And if you don't, I want to ask, what are you waiting for? His love is best. His plans are best. His purposes are higher than we can see. I trust him. I trust him with my life, and I trust him with my death. What is your place of need right now? Mine is physical healing. Take your need to him, whatever that is. Take it to him and know that our suffering is never for nothing. We're going to celebrate the Lord's table this morning. And just before we do that, will you please join me in prayer? Father, thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you, God, that you are sovereign. You hold all things. You created all things. And we can trust you to be a good and faithful God in the midst of struggle and disappointments. Let us be willing to allow the story that you've written in all of our lives to be your story, bringing you glory. And let us remember your great love and kindness that has been fully expressed in sending your son Jesus to be our savior. 
to die on the cross for us. This we pray in Jesus' name.